This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Well again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we hit round two, the field of 32 on this uh, NCAA tournament Saturday morning. And the world knows the state of New Jersey is where basketball rules. First it was Princeton, and now the letters FDU. In what I deem the biggest upset in the last 40 years of the tournament, bigger than when Virginia lost, I think this one's even bigger. I really do. And I think it hit harder. Uh the second number one ever, and just stunning, absolutely stunning. FDU, out of nowhere, won four games last year, uh, wins against Purdue and against a big man who might be the player of the year. He's not the best player. Miller's the best player, but he might be player of the year this year in college basketball. Uh, And is a towering force playing a team made up of basically speedy 6-1 players. And they kept Purdue off balance all night. They utilized their speed. They spread the court. The coach had said the more he watched the tape, he was getting overconfident that they would beat Purdue, which Purdue didn't like. Well, Purdue didn't do anything about it, that's for sure. And again, you had a team, just like Arizona, that did not know what to do when confronted with this confusion down the stretch. They did not get their star seven foot four center any shots in the final 10 minutes of that game. That is insane. That is insane. You have to run plays for this guy. You could run and lob balls. You could throw, you could put the ball off the backboard into him. You could put you that you could get the ball to him in so many ways against this small FDU team. You can't even count them all, and instead they never got him shots. They were taking off balance, badly conceived threes, one after another after another, or turning the ball over. You know, FDU did not come down and just light it up. They did not come down and just you know singe the nets. So you said, what can you do? They just made bomb after bomb. FDU had trip after trip where they couldn't even score. They held Purdue scoreless, and instead of being able to break the game open at one point down the stretch, they didn't score for over three and a half minutes. They had trouble scoring. They were taking threes, and they weren't going in. They weren't bad looks for them because that's what their game plan was, but it wasn't like they went crazy. It wasn't like they were on fire. You know, they were they didn't shoot great. They were seven to twenty-three from three. But how can you go in that game? And Eddie gets eleven shots in the ball game. Eleven shots. 
and down the stretch is never touching the basketball. He was 7 of 11 from the floor. 7 of 11. He touched the ball. There was no way to stop him except sending him to the foul line, and he was 7 of 10 from the foul line. But instead, they hoisted shot after shot, and they were tighter than a drum, and it showed, and now they will be in the history books as a one seed that fell to a team that was a 22 or 23-point underdog. I mean, Purdue, Gillis, one for seven from three. Smith, one for six from three. Clang after Clang. Lawyer made a couple, but he was three of eight. And instead, the ball didn't get to the big man. They didn't get to the foul line, and they didn't score any points down the stretch of the game. Upsets happen in the high 50s, 59, 55, Princeton or low 60s, FDU 63, Purdue 58. They don't happen in the high 80s, a la, say, Iona, which played a perfect first half. Problem with Iona was they shot 50% from three in the first half. They turned the ball over only three times in the first half. They led by just two points. Hawkins did not score in the first half. Sonago was on the bench for a lot of the first half. And still UConn was just down two, so you knew what was going to happen in the second half, and it happened. UConn 50, Iona 24, and an 87-63 win. Upsets happen in the high 50s, low 60s. They don't happen in the 80s. That's not the way it works. And now you have Princeton owning today. And everyone wants to know when when they're on and what they'll do. They've already had their magic moment, but you know what? You want them to have more. They will play Missouri at 610 and Missouri's going to try and quicken them up and go up and down the floor, up and down the floor. Princeton's got to control pace and try and just take them completely out of their rhythm. And then tomorrow, everybody's darling. Fairleigh Dickinson. Most people don't even know where it is. 7.45, they got the worst possible matchup they could get. They got a Florida Atlantic team that was a legitimate 8-9 player that won 30 games this year that beat Memphis in the final seconds by getting a steal and then a basket with two seconds left to win by a point. But they have speed and they want to prove that they belong. They want to put themselves on the map here tomorrow. So they don't care about FDU. They consider themselves the little guy. So FDU, if they had played a Indiana or a Miami or even a TCU or a Gonzaga or anybody, you know, a big school. The big school might have taken them for granted. Probably would have beaten them, but they probably would have taken them for granted. Florida Atlantic's not taking anybody for granted. And they're a legitimate team. 
These tombs, some people might not know about Florida Atlantic and they think they're on the same boat as FDU. Uh -uh. Florida Atlantic's a 13-point favorite in this game. They're a legitimate team. They won 30 games and they beat Memphis Fan Square in the 8-9 game. They are a, they are building a big-time athletic program in Florida. They want to be a major, major power, and they're on their way. But everyone will be interested in Princeton today and FDU tomorrow. Elsewhere, it was kind of a ho-hum day. There really wasn't that much excitement yesterday, to be honest with you. It wasn't. Kentucky won a ugly game against Providence, which was the only kind of game they were going to have. Look at their rebounding numbers, though. Michigan State won, as you expected. Marquette looked good. Miami trailed Drake the entire game, and then Drake couldn't score down the stretch, and Miami took the game over and won it in the final two minutes. Indiana took care of Kent State. Pitt got out on Iowa State, and Iowa State's a team that has trouble scoring. They're a defensive team. They got out on them 22-2 to and never looked back. This has been a good tournament for Pitt already. Winning in the play-in game and then winning against Iowa State as they take on Xavier. And this is Pitt, Xavier, Sean Miller, okay, you can make up your own stories. St. Mary's, matter-of-factly, UConn, impressively. TCU stole one from Arizona State. No way around it. Just stole one. And Gonzaga was up and down. They didn't play a good first half. They opened up a 20-point lead. Then they looked lousy again late, and they won by 12. They didn't play great, but they won. So here we are with eight big games. On Saturday, eight again tomorrow. The tournament basically doesn't really get heated up until late in the day because you have Furman in a standalone game at 1210. You have Duke in a standalone game at 240. Then you have Arkansas against Kansas, Princeton against Missouri. Auburn against Houston, Penn State against Texas in that middle block. And then you finish up with Northwestern against UCLA and Maryland against Bama. Some interesting matchups. Some odd matchups. Texas is playing really well, but Penn State's shooting the ball great. Can they be good enough to beat a team of that magnitude? It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to make their threes, but Penn State has been on a major roll. Auburn and Houston is a fascinating game today in Birmingham at 7 o'clock tonight because Houston, a team a lot of people have liked all year, and you had to. They are one of the top teams in the country, but just like UCLA, a team I told you I would have picked to win the whole thing if they hadn't had the injuries. I still picked them to get to the Final Four. Uh, UCLA, with their ability, Houston has two key players, including Sasser, a first-team All-America, who came back 
And Kevin Simpson was criticized for playing Sasser the other night against Northern Kentucky, and he said, wait a second, I don't make this decision. I let my player and the trainer tell me whether the player is going to play. I can't feel for the player. If he tells me he feels okay, I believe him. If he can't move, I don't play him. If the trainer tells me I can play him, I play him. If he tells me I can't, I can't. Everyone assumed after Sasser re-injured his groin in the game and didn't play in the second half against Northern Kentucky that he wouldn't play today. Sasser says he is playing today. Does that mean he can play at any level? This is a first-team All-America player. I don't know. Now, late in the game, they suffered another injury for a starter. So they go into the game today with two guys both hurt. Sasser and Sheed. Jamal Sheed hurt his knee. He says he's playing today. He leads the team in steals. He averages over 10 and a half points a game. He is a key component. Sasser's the best player. Two of their top three or four players, any way you slice it, depending on where you put Sheed, that's what they could be without today for any length of time. We don't know if these guys will make a cameo, play two minutes, or play the whole game. We have no idea. What Samson said in honesty, and he usually answers pretty honestly, he said, hey, right now we're not a one. He said, right now we're more like a 10 seed considering the injuries. If they don't have these guys at some level of productivity today, they could very well get beat by Auburn in Birmingham. There's no question about it. Auburn will not be intimidated. Auburn will take it to them. Auburn might shoot 20%. They're not a great shooting team. And Houston can shut down anybody with their defense. But Auburn's going to bring it and take it and take their best shot. They're a fearless team. That's the way they play under Bruce Pearl. They're a fearless team. They're going to give it everything they have. I just don't know what these guys are going to do right now. Listen. Healthy Houston is one of the top two or three teams in the country. We all know that. Not healthy, they got run out of the gym by Memphis in the conference championship. So we'll see. It's a big question mark. A very, very big question mark. I said to you that the most impressive team that I saw in the first round was without question Duke. Duke looked scary. That's the word I would use, scary. That's how good they looked. They they looked better than anybody in the tournament. They get an interesting game against Tennessee, which will be without its point guard. The Duke I saw on Thursday against a good Oral Roberts team will beat any team in the country, and Duke could get on a major roll here. They are very impressive looking. Furman has the matchup quality, just like Charleston had, to take San Diego State to the wire. Here's what you know about this game. Furman's going to shoot threes. San Diego State's a defensive team. San Diego State's going to make it a half-court game. This game's going to be played probably in the high 50s, low 60s, and probably just like the 
San Diego State Charleston game. It'll probably be tied with two minutes left, just like that was 53 up. Charleston didn't get a break down the stretch. San Diego State won. Look for the same kind of game today. Furman will be in it all the way. I wouldn't be surprised when there's a timeout with a minute and a half left. The game's 56 up or something. Duke, Tennessee comes after that. Arkansas, Kansas. Arkansas has got talent. I think Kansas has got more. Up and down the floor, they will go. I think Kansas will beat them. Princeton, Missouri. I don't like Missouri. I don't. I, 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 I'm going to root that Princeton. If Princeton can control tempo, they could do the same thing again. Auburn, Houston, we talked about the infirmary. Penn State, Texas. Listen, Texas is the superior team, but Penn State is on a crazy roll right now. And Penn State's one of those teams that can just go in the game and drill, and I mean drill, threes. You talk about the three-point goal and how important it is in this tournament. That is a team that if you can't defend the three well, you are in trouble. They shot 60% from three in the A&M game. A&M made 10 threes. It wasn't enough. Because Princeton made 13 in 22 attempts. Princeton can flat out score. Pickett does whatever he wants. Funk had 27 in the game against A&M. They can flat out score. They have four guys who can bury, and I mean bury, threes. I mean, in the A&M game, Funk went eight of ten from three. That's a game changer right there. That's 24 points. 24 points out of 10 trips. That means that if they took twos, they would have to go 12 for 10. They can't go 12 for 10. That is perfection. That is lethal. You can't beat somebody who's going 8 for 10 from three. And it makes a big difference. I mean, that that's sometimes all it comes down to. Okay? Everybody talked up Drake. Okay? I thought Drake could win. I don't think Miami's playing well. They're a little banged up. I thought Drake could win that game. Okay? Here's the bottom line. Drake goes in that game. They shoot 29% from three, but more than that, they had a big-time player in DeVries. DeVries is a big-time basketball player. Averaged 19 points a game this year. Major player. Shot 38% from three. Yesterday against Miami, down the stretch, he had a chance to tie it in the final seconds. Clang. He went one for 13 from the floor, one for 11 from three. 
Their two big players went thirteen. It went three of seventeen from three. Their big player went one for eleven from three. You can't win. When that's your game and that happens, you can't win. Penn State is going to live by the three, die by the three. If they stay hot from three, they could knock down Texas. Texas is a team a lot of people have going all the way to the Final Four. And right now, they'd be the favorite in that bracket because of Houston's injuries. But Texas A&M is going to take it as far as Pickett and Funk and those guys can knock down those trays. That's what it comes down to. Northwestern, with an impressive win in game one, they're going to have their hands full with UCLA. UCLA is really good. Well coached, great in the half court. Don't turn the ball over. Play defense. They are a re- they're 30 and 5. They, and if they were healthy, if they had Clark and were 100% healthy, I would have picked them to win the title. As it is, I picked them to go to the Final Four. They are a loaded team. And then Maryland and Alabama. Maryland's had a good season. Alabama scored 96 points, and their star player scored zero. As a matter of fact, I've never in my life seen a coach do what Oates did in that game. They scored 54 points in the first half. He treated the second half like a scrimmage. Their high scorer was a guy who played seven minutes a game and averaged three points. He was their high scorer in an NCAA tournament game. Think about that. The guy averaged three points a game. He was their high scorer in an NCAA tournament game. Why? Because he played the bench. He played 12 guys. He sat his starters in the final half. He treated the game like it was a scrimmage. And he outscored them by one, but he didn't care. He had a 20-point lead. You cared if you wanted to win by 40, but they didn't. They didn't care. They said he was hurt. They said he had a bit of a groin problem. And Miller said, nonsense. I'm not hurt. He said, the coach didn't want me in. That's all there is to it. I'm fine with it. But don't say I was hurt because I wasn't hurt. I'm fine. The coach said, hey, he tweaked himself in the uh, championship game. I want to take it easy with him. He was 0 for 5 for the game. He didn't score. I'm sure he didn't like that he didn't score. That might not be fun for Maryland today. His average a little bit from zero in the NCAA tournament. Since this will be his only NCAA tournament this year. He'll either be the second player picked or maybe be in jail. Who knows the way things are going. But seriously, I don't think he's going to jail. So I think he's going to the NBA, and I think he'll probably be the number two pick. At worst, he'll be the third pick. If they pick Scooter second, then they're going to pick Miller third. But I pick Miller second. I think he's the closest thing to Durant I've ever seen. And Maryland's had a good year, but it's going to end today with Alabama. Alabama's loaded. Absolutely loaded. They could beat Maryland with their B game. Look at this Sunday. You have Pitt Xavier. You have Kentucky, Kansas State. Hey, I picked Kentucky to beat Kansas State. One of the things I knew was that Kentucky would be favored against Kansas State after they beat Providence. I didn't think Kentucky would go down in the first round after what happened last year. I thought John would have them ready to play hard. They did. They rebounded like monsters, and they handled Providence, which did not finish the season playing well. Now they get Kansas State in a 6-3 game, and Kentucky's favored by a point and a half. Not surprising they're Kentucky. It's going to be a rock'em, sock'em. It's going to be a rock'em, sock'em game right to the wire, Kansas State and Kentucky. 
Michigan State Marquette. Marquette is playing. They're better than I thought they would. I have to apologize to Marquette. I didn't think they were this good. And I turn around, and all I keep doing is winning. Winning the Big East. Winning easy the other day. Now they get a Michigan State team that's going to spread it out and can play them every bit of give them a good game. This game's going right to the wire. Going to be a fun game, but if Michigan State wins, is anybody in the world going to be surprised? Not me. St. Mary's, Connecticut. St. Mary's is a nice little team. Connecticut's a monster. Connecticut's one of the best teams in the tournament. They are loaded with talent. You saw that in the second half against Iona. And Iona played brilliantly. Give Rick credit. Iona played brilliantly in the first half. They played brilliantly. But they had no chance in the second half. Hawkins came out, hit shots. They went into the big men. He scored like it will. It didn't matter. Creighton and Baylor, good game. Very good game. A lot of shooters. Both ways. Whoever drops the shots wins. Fairly against Florida Atlantic, I think it's a really bad matchup for Cinderella. Cinderella ran in to the wrong superhero. This is not good. Miami, Indiana, I don't care. Somebody's got to advance. I don't like either team. Hey, both well coached. Both coaches do a very good job. Both teams can acquit themselves very well. They're not going to embarrass themselves against anybody. I just don't like either one. And then TCU with a big win. They stole that game from Arizona State. Arizona State should have won that game. I mean, but they didn't. Give them credit. Arizona State got behind, hit a three, and then TCU came down, hit a little little shot in the lane, and won the game by a deuce. And now they get Gonzaga. Is TCU going to beat Gonzaga? I doubt it. I think Gonzaga will go to the Sweet... I think Gonzaga's been in the Sweet 16 seven years in a row. I think he can make it eight. We'll get to that tomorrow. Enjoy your Saturday. Again, Princeton's up a little after six. You got some fun games. If you're looking for upsets today... Wouldn't be surprised if Furman upset San Diego State. That wouldn't surprise me. There are no upsets in Duke, Tennessee. I don't think Arkansas will upset Kansas. Princeton, Missouri, I mean, it's a mild upset after they beat Arizona. If they can, if they can beat Arizona, they can beat Missouri. I just don't know if they'll get the game under control against Missouri. They've got to keep the game under control to beat any one of these teams like this because these teams have more speed, more athleticism. They have got to keep the game under control score-wise. First thing they have to do in that game is get the game down around 60. Missouri is a team that averages 80 points a game. Princeton averages 75 in the playing in the Ivy. They can't play these guys at 75, 80. They need to play them at 60. Five. Just take a little bit off the gas pedal. Houston, Auburn, all about seeing what kind of shape Sasser and Sheeter in. Penn State, did the threes drop? Did they not drop? 
And then the last two games with UCLA and Bama, I don't think you're going to get upsets. I think you'll see those two flex their muscle. Knicks are playing an afternoon game. They should have Brunson back. They played the Nuggets this afternoon. They've had a couple of days off since uh, they finished the West Coast uh, swing with a win against Portland. Getting Brunson back, getting a day game, uh, see if they can get back on win. Well, continue their winning ways since they did beat Portland, but uh, get something going and get Brunson back today. I think he will be back. If he's not, we've got a problem, but I think he is. It sounds like he's going to play. Enjoy your Saturday. We'll check in with you again tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.